When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, today I want to talk about an incident that happened in 1952 in Passaic, New Jersey. It was around 10 o'clock in the morning when a gentleman named George Stock was in his yard and he noticed this flying disc just hovering up there in the sky not too far off the ground. Uh, so he ran in his house, he told his elderly father about what he was seeing out there and he grabbed his camera and he was able to uh, run back outside and he got... Uh, five pretty clear pictures of this object and uh, to this day it's never been debunked in fact it was investigated by the air force uh, and uh, they didn't find anything in there that would uh, uh, lead to anyone to believe that it was some sort of a hoax uh, uh, the only issues with this story was that uh, when he after he took these pictures um, mr stock had had uh, went that same day, it was on July 31st, 1952, on the same day, he went to a young photographer uh, named Riley, and uh, John Riley, and John Riley developed the pictures, uh, but now, uh, and he kept some of them, he kept some of the negatives uh, for, for himself at the time, and, and brought some of the pictures to some local newspapers trying to sell it. And he changed the story around a little bit, saying that he was there when 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 this was when this happened. He was talking to George Stock in in, in his yard when, and he he was a witness to this too, and that he took the pictures. So an original, the original article that appeared in a local newspaper uh, at the time was erroneous in in, in those statements. But later on, uh, the Air Force was interested in this case, uh, and the uh, Air Technical Intelligence Center had actually requested an, an investigation. Uh, the FBI was involved, uh, uh, and they dug up some information on Mr. Stock, and they found out that he was, you know, the, the people who knew him thought he was credible as well as his father. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm going to read. Here, here, this is actually a report that was filed uh, with the Air Force uh, back in uh, the 1950s, uh, back in 1952, uh, so, some months, several months after this incident occurred. But the, the, the synopsis here says George Stock was verified as the person who took the photographs of the flying object in Passaic, New Jersey on July 31st, 1952 at about uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. Stock's father also witnessed the incident. Object I photographed with cheap reflex camera. The object approached Stock's residence from due east direction, hovered momentarily overhead, changed direction to the north. Now I just want to stop here for a second now. Now, anyone who's out there listening to this, I'm showing some images, some of the, uh, I'm just showing a montage of some of the photos that were taken. It's very interesting, but it's your classic flying saucer. Um, uh, these pictures are, are, are fascinating to me. Uh, actually, one of the pictures, uh, more so than the other ones, because I think you could actually might be able to see uh, perhaps a, a humanoid or maybe a part of the the head of a being because they said that the dome in this thing seemed like to be translucent and it looks like you could see something in there I'm, I'm not sure but, but with the image I'm looking at right here right now it looks like there could be something there I'm not sure uh, but whatever the case something had to be operating this thing right 
Uh, anyway, continuing with this report, uh, it says object approached Stocks resident from due east direction, hovered momentarily overhead, changed direction to the to the north. Object appeared saucer shaped with a dome like structure on upper side, had no portholes or other openings and antennas. It was was dull, non-reflecting gray in color. The object estimated by the stocks never to exceed this, a speed of over 15 miles per hour. The object developed vapor-like ring around outer edge just prior to starting off in northerly direction. Ring appeared to travel with object. George Stock furnished five negatives and seven pictures of object for technical observation. Two negatives and pictures were when investigation completed. It says here, uh, search of stock residence did not reveal equipment of object capable of producing or resembling object. Sketch of object as described by stock included with this report. Yeah, there's a sketch here that was uh, that I'm showing right now. Uh, this is this was uh, that this was approved by stock and his father uh, as and as what they saw. But of course, it looks just like pretty much what you see in the photographs. Um, also says here, radar laboratories in areas checked for possible radar pickup on object with negative results. Neighbors consider stocks reliable, honest, and sane. Weather Bureau covering area object sighted report conditions excellent for observation of airborne object. Riley's proper address was determined. Riley and both stocks have no known police records in immediate area of residences. Riley's mother believes he needs treatment of psychoanalysts. Now, apparently, this Riley had some issues but again, the point of his involvement was that basically he was just asked to develop the pictures and he took it upon himself to try to make some profit off of them by taking them to some newspapers and requesting money for them. Riley admitted stock and not he took pictures of object as it appears in enclosures in this report. No photo engraving or microscopic equipment found in Riley's place of business. Former staff writer for newspaper admitted he gave his personal address as Riley's when he filed his report with newspaper about object. Object does not resemble type of street light or playground light globes used by electric and playground departments in this area. The title of this report is changed to correct the name and address of John Riley, uh, a.k.a. John James Riley and James Riley, and to add the names George Stock and William Stock, both residing at 221 Brooks Avenue, Passaic, New Jersey, as subjects of this report. And it says on uh, 19 November 1952, George Stock was interviewed at his residence. Stock stated that on the 31st of July 1952, at approximately 10 o'clock in the morning, while walking in his backyard, he visually observed without any optical aid a dome-like symmetrical object standing motionless in the sky in a due easterly direction. He said that the object appeared to be about a quarter of a mile off from his position, and at, that, at this time he did not note any vapor, smoke, or other kind of exhaust fumes coming from the object. Stock said that he ran into his residence and obtained his camera a Kodak Duflex 2 with Kodak lens, fixed focused and fixed unknown speed reflex type loaded with Kodak safety film plus X size 620, for which Stock said he paid about $12.95. While running through the house, Stock shouted to his father, I think I see a flying saucer. Stock stated that he and his father proceeded to the backyard and upon looking to the east, saw that the disc-like object, thin at the edges, thickening toward the middle with a dome-like object in what appeared to be the exact middle of it, had approached nearer the house than when Stock first saw it. From this point of observation, observation on Stock's father, William Stock, 
Same address, verified to the writer all of George Stock's statements. George Stock advised that the object slowly approached the area of his home at a speed not exceeding five miles per hour and then hovered almost directly over his head for a few minutes. All this time, Stock advised, the object had traveled from due east to due west. After hovering overhead, Stock said the object traveled a short distance away in a due north direction, hovered again, turned up on its edge at, and at about 40... And at, a, at an, and at about a 45 degree angle, turned a complete 360 degree turn using the lower end of the angle as its axis, as though to give its dome a clear view of what, what, of what was below. Stock said that after completing its turn, the object slowly started off in a due north direction at not more than 10 to 15 miles per hour. He said the object had no visual means of propulsion up to this point. However, just prior to its change of direction to the north and just prior to its start of its forward motion, the object developed what Stock thought to be a vapor ring around its entire outer edge. He said that this ring became more dense as the object got further away and picked up speed. He could not judge how dense or how thick the vapor ring was. Stock repeated that at no time did he think the object picked up a speed in excess of 15 miles per hour. He further described the object as a dull metallic gray color flying at between 400 and 800 feet, although with no visible portholes or other type openings and no antennas extending from its surface. Stock said that the surfaces appeared clean without rivets or seams and that, and that the dome and saucer part of the body appeared to be one piece. Stock said that he thought the object was between 60 and 80 feet in diameter and 8 feet high from the saucer-like bottom to the top of its dome. He stated that the vapor-like ring did not trail off in smoke fashion after the object started off to the north. However, the ring seemed to go along with the object without changing the vapor ring shape. Stock said that at no time did the object make the least bit of noise or sound of any kind, nor did the object whirl or revolve on its axis while hovering or traveling in a forward position. Stock furnished the writer with seven photographs and five negatives, giving the ex explanation for each photograph and negative, which are included in uh, different enclosures that they have here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, <clears throat> now... I, I think that this is most certainly extraterrestrial in origin, this object. And I don't, I don't think this guy, this guy had no reason to make these things up. Uh, the, the Air Force investigated him. They, they, they looked through his property. They didn't, he, like, although they did have a machine shop. I mean, this, this doesn't look like something that they made in a machine shop and then tossed up in the air and then try to take pictures of it. I just can't see that being uh, feasible. Uh, th these look like uh, this object was most certainly as big as he says it was, and it was hovering you know, four to 800 feet in the sky. And uh, the Air Force also uh, took the effort at the time to talk to uh, neighbors and acquaintances. Uh, Mrs. Anna Koch, uh, who was a next-door neighbor of the Stocks, uh, said that she had known George and William Stock for at least 15 years. She said that uh, 
Mrs. Stock, George's mother, died in uh, April or May of 1952. And Mrs. Koch stated that both gentlemen appear rational and sane at all times. She said that both men are well known for their mechanical abilities and that, to the best of her knowledge, they are honest, trustworthy, and loyal American citizens. Uh, and that was just one of several people that they talked to, uh, different neighbors. Uh, they talked to a, a owner of a grocery store, Dan Goodwin. He stated that he had known George and William Stock as neighbors and customers for the past five or six years. He stated that both men have charge accounts of approximately $2 per day for each of them. Uh, Goodwin said that both men always pay their bills in full and blah, blah, blah. So they, they, they seemed like they were trustworthy kind of, kind of people. So it wasn't made up. And I think that the photographs that uh, George Stock was able to uh, capture were excellent, excellent pictures. I mean, in fact, like I said, I think that the one image up in particular where you could see the dome pretty clearly, it looks like there could be some sort of a figure in there. Maybe it's a, a some sort of a head, maybe. I'm not sure, but it could be something, could be one of the beings. Well, what was it doing there? Was it just a, what were they doing there that day? Was it just a display? Were they just putting on a display? Did they want to get their picture taken? What was all? What, what was it all about? Uh, was the invisibility uh, powers not functioning that uh, that well that day or something? Not working right? I mean, what was what was happening there? But whatever the case, uh, there are some instances where we get some really good photographs of uh, of these uh, craft, and this was most certainly one of those instances because uh, George Stock got five pretty decent uh, images here of this, and I I think it was something worth pointing out because. Uh, again, there's a lot of people out there who uh, uh, still fail to accept this reality. There's people in the scientific community who say that there's nothing, there's no proof whatsoever. They don't have nothing to go on. Uh, well, there's been stuff to go on for a long time. And this, to me, as far as I'm concerned, this is evidence. Uh, this constitutes evidence of uh, an extraterrestrial presence. Is it, is it end-all evidence? Of course not. But most certainly, the I don't think these people were making this up. I mean, these pictures look look like they're real i mean it was back then there was no cgi uh some of the images the one image uh, where you could really see the looks like the bottom of the craft with that black circle surrounded by a white ring it looks like i mean that's uh, i don't see these guys making something like this up uh, uh to me this is uh this was re legitimate and it's one of the best cases we have but some most certainly some of the best photographic evidence uh, that we have of uh, these visitors here to our planet. Uh, anyway, uh, I want to move on. I want to talk about what's going on, unfortunately, in the government. And uh, it's not good things, of course. Uh, as we all know, uh, there's uh, concerns right now uh, that the Congress, uh, because of certain, so there was four different uh, politicians in Congress right now, uh, Mike Turner, Mike Rogers, and uh, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, along with uh, Senate Minority Leaders, uh, Mitch McConnell, are uh, they, they want to uh, end this uh, uh, this UFO Disclosure Act bill that was put forward by Senator Schumer and and Senator Rounds, and uh, it might happen. I mean, we we as of as of this podcast, as of as of the filming of this podcast, we don't know for sure yet. Uh, but there's a lot of people out there saying it's it's doesn't doesn't seem good. Actually, Micah Hanks had a really excellent uh, article on uh, in, in the debrief today, and uh, I'm not going to read the entire thing. It's a very lengthy article, but <clears throat> I want to get right to the 
uh, the last couple of paragraphs here where he talks about the efforts of advocates like uh, uh, Daniel Sheehan, who's an attorney and uh, an advocate for this uh, UAP Disclosure Act, as well as uh, Kevin Wright, who's the founder of the Solve Advocacy uh, and uh, and others, there's other people who are fighting for transparency, as we all know. But he says here, he says, despite the efforts of advocates like Sheehan Wright and countless others on the issue of UAP transparency, the fate of the UAP Disclosure Act currently remains in question. During a recent appearance on the Joe Rogan Experience, David Grush, a former intelligence officer turned whistleblower, who alleges the United States has recovered craft of non-human origin and legally withheld that information from Congress, as first reported by the debrief in June, addressed the current pushback from House lawmakers on the UAP Disclosure Act. Uh, and here's what uh, uh, he said. He said, uh, Grush told Rogan, he says, uh, for one thing, they're saying it duplicates the Department of Defense Arrows activities, Grush said. Uh, and he named representatives Mike Rogers and Mike Turner among those who are blocking the UAP Disclosure Act. Grush also emphasized Turner's proximity to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, the headquarters of the Air Force Material Command with a deep history in aerospace innovation in Dayton, Ohio. Notably, Wright-Patterson had also been the home of Project Blue Book, the Air Force's official investigation into UFOs throughout the 1950s and 1960s. According to data made available by OpenSecrets.org, the website of the Center of Responsive Politics, a nonprofit, nonpartisan research group that tracks money in U.S. politics, Representative Mike Turner's largest 2023-2024 con- campaign con- contributors are listed as miscell- miscellaneous defense at 62,350, followed by defense aerospace at 46,300. Let me just stop there. As everyone knows, any anyone who's been listening to the podcast, this is something I've been talking about for a while now. Uh, I've pointed out the OpenSecrets.org website and the amount of money that some of these politicians are receiving, the ones who uh, are apparently want to put the toothpaste back into the tube as a favor to the Pentagon. Uh, they are receiving lots of money for their campaigns from uh, some of these defense contractors uh, who would be affected by this legis- legislation, uh, this by this uh, the uh, amendment. Uh, Anyway, continuing here, it says, During the 2022 election cycle, Representative Mike Rogers was the largest recipient of funding from the defense sector by a wide margin, according to data made available by Open Secrets. Similarly, listed among the largest contributions to Representative Rogers in 2023-2024 were miscellaneous defense at $121,200, down significantly from the $282,350 he received in the previous election cycle, during which the largest contribution from a single contributor had been 60750 from Lockheed Martin. Now, let me just stop there. We're talking about the 2023-2024 uh, uh, session here. That's not over yet. That's why the, one of the reasons that, that number's at where it is right now, because he could still receive more money. That's not over yet. But the fact of the matter is, is that I'm glad to see a publication like the debrief pointing out how the where these people are getting their money. That needs to be something that happens. You won't see the mainstream news doing this. The debrief is as close to mainstream we can get, uh, and because a lot of people read the debrief. Uh, actually, as we all know, they were the ones who ran that recent article about Grush several months ago when the New York Times and Washington Post turned it down. Uh because the mainstream news, of course, they, they're complicit in this. You know, they, they're all part of the establishment. The establishment doesn't want to rock the boat with UFOs, so they play ball along with the Pentagon. They do what they want. They do what Washington tells them to do, those, those publications. But the debrief is different. 
as we all know, they did publish that article about Grush that was written by Leslie Kane and uh, Ralph Blumenthal. And uh, now they're publishing this from Micah Hanks, pointing out the, the amount of money that these people are receiving. Um, and he actually has a chart here. Additionally, it says House Armed Services Committee members received millions of dollars from the defense sector in the 2022 election cycle. And you see a bunch of names up there. There's Republicans and Democrats. Uh, you got to watch which ones are going to try to vote against this. Uh, Mike Rogers, he's at the top of the heap there. Uh, Michael Turner's about, uh, he's number five or six on the list. Uh, so that, then they, that, that tells you right there. That gives you an understanding of, of why they were doing the things they're planning on doing. Now, again, as of this uh, filming of this podcast, nothing has happened yet as, as far as I could tell. But uh, according to a lot of insiders, something is going to happen, that, they, that there is going to be an effort. There is an effort ongoing to remove that language from the National Defense Authorization Act for 2024. Anyway, continuing with this article, uh, it says here, So I have a problem with Mike and Mike right now, Grush told Rogan on the podcast. Grush also specifically named Lockheed Martin as a possible recipient of portions of the exotic technologies that he learned of during his tenure as an intelligence officer further describing visits with the late Nevada Senator Harry Reid, who, who had expressed similar views in the past. I was told for decades that Lockheed had some of these retrieved materials, Reid told the New Yorker in April 2021, and I tried to get, as I recall, a classified approval by the Pentagon to have me go look at the stuff. They would not approve that, Reid, speaking with journalist Gideon Lewis Krauss, said, he was repeatedly denied clearance to view these materials. Attempts by the New Yorker to obtain a statement from Lockheed Martin about the alleged issue at that time were declined. In July, following a <clears throat> congressional hearing where Grush testified alongside former U.S. Navy pilots David Fravor and Ryan Graves about U.S. government issues related to UAP, Turner expressed doubts when asked by Fox News host Maria Bartiromo to comment on testimony Grush provided about biologics he said were recovered along with alleged past acquisitions of exotic craft. Now here's this comment that uh, from Mike Turner a couple months ago, which I talked, I'm sure I know I talked about it before on the podcast, but here he says this, Maria, I always love it when you have somebody who comes forward and testifies about things that they don't know anything about. That's what he said. I mean, the most striking aspect of all the testimony was repeatedly over and over again, the whistleblowers had to say, actually, I don't have any knowledge of this. Somebody else told me that. I mean, really, this would take thousands and thousands of people for such an unbelievable cover-up to be occurring and for people to speak with such, um, you know, confidence over something that they do not know is, I think, something that certainly everybody needs to be concerned about, Turner added. I certainly can't tell you that there are no aliens here, Turner told Bartiromo. I can tell you that certainly there's no evidence that what the gentleman is testifying about he has, he said himself personally, he has no direct knowledge of. Well, see, again, this guy's completely disingenuous. I mean, he's completely spinning this, completely gaslighting everyone. Every All the people that were watching him talking on, when he made that, when he had that interview with Bartiromo, he's completely gaslighting the every taxpaying American. That's what, Why is this guy in office? What are these people in Ohio? What are you doing? Vote him out. Anyway, it says here, Representative Turner has consistently downplayed the UAP issue in interviews and, in some instances, appears to have refused to respond to questions about the subject altogether. However, while insinuations that pressure 
from defense contractors could be motivating lawmakers like Turner and Rogers to work against the current UAP legislation, it is noteworthy that several other House Republicans have continued to demand funding cuts to portions of the bill that are unlikely to pass the Senate, which include items unrelated to UAP such as climate, environment, and nuclear energy programs. Whatever the true motivations of lawmakers who are currently working to block the UAP disclosure provisions in the Senate version of the bill might be, Sheehan argues that the recent allegations made by whistleblowers like David Grush nonetheless point to the existence of a bureaucratic element within within the United States government which has effectively worked to conceal the full extent of the United States' involvement with the acquisition of UAP materials over the decades. There's no question about it. There's, they've been acquiring... Uh, extraterrestrial uh, craft for decades. There's just no doubt about it. Anybody who's done the research would know this. Uh, anyway, but if the if this bill, if this uh, uh, act does pass, Sheehan says the nine-person panel that w- it would establish would have the power to extract this information from the deep, deep state elements that have it and bring it into the hands of the United States Congress. That's exactly what we need to have happen. And he also says uh, there appears to be solid and believable evidence that somehow this technology has been secretly and unlawfully turned over to private industry. It has been turned over to the high-tech aerospace industry, such as Lockheed Martin and Raytheon. This is an extraordinarily important issue that our American people need to weigh in on about whether or not we believe that's an, that that's an appropriate use of this information. I don't think it is. I mean, uh, I have no, like I've said before in, in, in numerous podcasts, I mean, it's I think it's okay. If you're reverse engine, engineering this stuff, okay, okay, I understand why that needs to be kept secret, but you can't keep secret the reality that there's an extraterrestrial presence here. That needs to be known by all. Uh, this cover-up is, actually, needs to end. Sheehan also says that two specific provisions within this uh, language, within this new uh, resolution, those involving eminent domain and subpoena power, were key targets for those in the House who have recently opposed the amendments. So they don't like that eminent domain, like anything that's that uh, some private contractor might have gotten his hands on, right? Uh, and this new bill would make it that hey, this belongs to the United States. It crashed here; it's ours. It belongs to the United States, not to you. So they don't like that. They want to be able to maintain ownership of this. Who, how are they the owners of it in the first place? Is the question I have. How did that happen in the first place? Uh, anyway, Sheehan also said this. Mike Turner first attacked those two elements. He said he he said we want the eminent domain provision out of here, and we want the subpoena power out of here. And when our and when our people that were working on this responded to the statute by saying, "Why would you be so worried about the eminent domain provision if you don't have any of the technology?" as you keep on insisting, at which point they retreated to an abstract argument on behalf of libertarian values of not having to state, you know, overreach and to be able to seize private property. Yeah. Yeah, so they have to come up with some bogus reason as why they don't want to have this eminent domain language in there, right? Or or the ability to subpoena people. Oh God, you can't you can't subpoena these people. Oh my God, no. Or if you don't put if you don't take that language out, then we can't. We're sorry, we have to vote against it. Of course, uh, and Sheehan says his response. Their response to that was, "How many other issues have you raised on raised on this? You know, being opposed to the entire concept of eminent domain." Uh, well, actually, uh, he was actually asked this, and uh, Sheehan said, Sheehan answered, none, just this once, just this one. Uh, then they retreated and said, okay, well, th- uh, then we're going to take a position to oppose completely allowing anything in this bill to be put into the National Defense Authorization Act. So, uh, 
And he continues here, he says, what we've got to do is concentrate on not only all of the other members of the House Intelligence Committee, virtually all of whom support this bill, other than the chairman, who comes from the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, basically. And then there's one other person who is Michael Rogers, the head of the House Armed Services Committee. And he's from the 2nd Congressional District down in Alabama, right next door to the Redstone Arsenal. People in both of those districts, the 10th Congressional District in Ohio and the 2nd Congressional District down in Alabama, need to write to them, send cables to them, send emails to them, go sit in their office to talk to them, you know, to get them to back off this, Sheehan told the debrief. I just want to stop there. I don't know if that's going to work. I mean, maybe. I mean, I say I say, I don't think it will work. I mean, I think these politicians do whatever their donors tell them to do, and I think that's what you're seeing here. I don't think it's going to really matter in the end uh, because they're being told to do something, and they're going to do it, or, or else they won't receive that funding that uh, from these people again. So that's what it comes down to. But anyway, Sheehan uh, seems more optimistic. He says here, they have a constitutional duty as the chairs of those committees in the Congress to get this information, and they are absolutely placing their own personal financial campaign contributions above getting this information into the hands of the Congress, which is constitutionally mandated to exercise oversight over this program. So that's where the bill is right now. Um, So right, right now it is, it's in limbo because these guys are holding it up. And apparently uh, Mitch McConnell in the Senate wants to hold it up there, too, uh, from what we are learning. Uh, Anyway, it says here, I'm going to continue with some of this article here. It says, for UAP advocates like Sheehan and Wright, as well as several members of Congress and others in Washington, efforts toward achieving broader government transparency on the UAP issue have helped to unite individuals from opposing political backgrounds in an unprecedented way, bringing them together to focus on a common cause. I tell you what. I'm going to stop there for a second. Of all the things that has been going on in Congress for the last, what, 10 years, this is probably the only thing I've really seen people getting along with. I mean, despite these, this, these four Republicans that we're talking about that look like they're, they're planning to block this uh, uh, law from uh, this language from going into the, the National Defense Authorization Act, despite that, there's other Republicans like, of course, Tim Burchett and, and Luna uh, who are, or they want this stuff in there. They want to, it seems like they're more they're they're pro uh uap disclosure uh but i guess we'll find out anyway continuing here it says government transparency is an issue that cuts across party lines right told the debrief regardless of political persuasion people expect their government to be honest and transparent uh and and just one other thing too is the fact that it does bring people together this i really believe you see it happening right now how it affects people in congress it seems like uh, people in congress are uh, uh, they're they're okay with uh, uh, with this. They're working together on this. You see bipartisan efforts, uh, and I think that's the kind of an effect it could have on the entire planet. And there's other people who think the same way as I do on that one. Christopher Mellon, for instance, he had that big uh, uh, big opinion piece recently where he talked about this stuff like that. Anymore, anyway, Wright also says that is also true for lawmakers. In fact, it might be even more important for them, regardless of party, when they find out they are being lied to and denied proper oversight. The UAP angle makes it even more compelling, given the subject matter of possible non-human intelligence, of which polls show a heightened level of interest and a high level of distrust when it comes to the government. Exactly. Uh Wright also said, what difference does it make if you are a Republican or a Democrat, if the government knows more than it has admitted, and if there is an NHI involved, people simply want and have a right to know, he said. Uh, Wright also said, uh, there would likely, uh, uh, Wright admitted that his work with Sheehan might never have occurred if 
uh, if it had not been for the mutual advocacy of UAP, given the usual partisanship that occurs in Washington, a divisiveness in American politics that now could well prevent the UAP Disclosure Act from ever becoming law, there would likely never be an issue or cause that would find Danny and me working together, Wright told the debrief. We stand at different ends of the political spectrum in most instances, except for government transparency and believing the people have a right to know the truth about UAP and NHI. And this issue is too important to let political affiliations get in the way. Couldn't be better stated right there. Great comment from Wright. Great article from uh, Micah Hanks, by the way, which I will leave the link for. And I think if you didn't if you didn't read this yet, you really should. It's a lot longer. I was only uh, reading some of the highlights from the end there, uh, but it's he goes through the whole shebang here on what's been going on and the push along with the pushback. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm excited about it. At the same time, I'm concerned that it, that this bill might not pass. But you know. There's other word out there in the street, uh, on the UFO community street right now, that uh, there might be, some, if this happens, if they do somehow successfully block that uh, UAP Disclosure Act from becoming law, be, be from becoming part of the NDAA for 2024, if that does happen, uh, then there are other things that are going to happen from uh, the whistleblower end of things. And I hope those things are some of the things that I've suggested before, we need to just come out with this stuff, folks. Why, why play these games in Congress? If you don't want to, hey, the, the, Congress is trying to set up some kind of a system where uh, you know, people who, organizations, defense contractors who have this stuff, or, or government organization, government offices that are that, that are sitting on secrets like this, they're giving them an, an out. They're giving them a way to you know, give what they have and, and everything's forgiven. That's what this is all about. So why would you want to fight that? Why would you want to fight that? Because you don't want the truth to come out. You don't want anyone to know that you were lying. You're still concerned about what, how the, the how people are going to react to that. Uh, but you know what? This is your best chance because you know what? Something's going to happen no matter what. At some point, there's going to be some sort of a disclosure, right? Whether it's catastrophic disclosure, like some people are talking about, where the where the aliens themselves decide to, uh, you know, show them show themselves to everybody at the same time somehow. Or another a rival government comes out and, and discloses the truth. I think it would be better if the United States were to, was the first one to do it. Uh, uh, they're 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 the key player in this whole shebang for since 1947, starting with Roswell, and probably before that even. There's probably some of those other earlier alleged crashes are, are probably real too, for all we know. But I know Roswell is most certainly something crashed there that was extraterrestrial. Uh, but let, let's let's get it out. Let's let's end this charade already. Uh, it's time to uh, it's time for the world to move on uh, from this game pretend game of pretend. This land of make believe that everyone's been living in uh, for uh, seventy six years now. Anyway, I want to say thank you all for joining me. Until next time.